0: Anyway, uh, what, what's this about Triple Frontier? Like,
1: oh, it was fucking terrible. I watched like 45 minutes of it and then turned it off. It was so terrible.
0: God, apart from Ben Affleck, it's got like, so, like actors that I really like, like Oscar, Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal and like it, They really
1: needed to cut every other actor in it except for Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal. But yeah. what yeah. else is abysmal in it? <laughs> Oscar uh, well. Isaac is like the only one who doesn't look like wine bloated. Just like <laughs> <laughs> that like is so fucking fat in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm I'm an elite operator and then and then he's like I'm just going to take a break to drink an entire bottle of wine. Hold on. He like, <laughs> slurs his lines. It's insane. Oh, my Dude, God. Dude, he's straight.
2: I mean, he's been in re... Like, he's like an AA, basically.
1: Yeah, he's... No, right. he's absolutely... He, this is right before he went to AA.
2: Have you seen that giant phoenix tattoo on his back? <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, Ben. Uh, you've, you, you've... It's like... it's.
1: It's inspired casting, though, because his character is a fat piece of shit who, like, drinks a lot. <laughs> it's just him playing himself. It's so... <laughs> so it was
0: just appropriate casting. And- it's inspired. Wow. Good way to prepare for this, uh, this podcast.
2: Damn it, he's been through some phases. He was like, there's like there's like Goodwill Hunting, sort of Kevin Smith phase. Then there was the Sheely phase. Yeah. The and then he was Batman. Bat with Arlo. Fucking with Argo. Batman.
1: <laughs> right. He's an award winning he... director, Ben Affleck, and then he was fucking Batman.
2: Now he's just Marlon Brando and Triple Frontier.
1: <laughs> he's totally Marlon Brando. There's an entire action sequence where they, like, raid this house, and he's just not in it. You hear his voice, and the. the Assumption is that he is also there, but you never see him, because he cannot be bothered to be in a scene where he has to walk around. My god, Jesus. that's beautiful. He does one thing in it where he drops to one knee to shoot a guy. Holy shit. Isn't in, he, there's a 15 minute scene, I swear to god, where they raid this house, and he's theoretically also there, but you don't see him.
2: I wonder if, like, Uh he did do the scenes, but they just had to cut all of it because it was so (laughs) fucking bad. (laughs) Oh, it is it is terrible. It's just, like, Ben Affleck constantly falling down things. (laughs) Like, the only salvageable thing is, like, the the shout-outs that he's doing. Let's just just cut him.
1: There's so in this house, like the walls are made of money, and they're like stealing all the money from this house. And his like character is like, we have to, we have to stay and get more. We have to get more money. And he's, they're like, have a timeline, and they're pushing the timeline to get more money. And he's like making them do it. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the addiction in his voice. That this like these lines come so easily to him. <laughs> like, no, no, just just we, just a little more. We we can do it. We can do it more.
3: Just just a little more. It's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it is inspired casting.
4: <laughs>
3: it right, actually starts movie, for reals. Though. Like, really <laughs> fucking bad.
1: I mean, is Craig just
2: like, gonna record us? I I'm, I'll start. Yeah. My number one movie is. is oh, cool.
1: no, 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 no. Welcome no, no, them no, no, to no, the no. podcast,
2: Steve. All right.
0: Did it, did it, did it. Number one movie is on Welcome but... back. Welcome back to <laughs> your weekly StarCraft podcast. Top five movies week... of 2018. I'm your host, The week Anna of Neil 2018. Nedry. Oh no, actually, <laughs> the winner is Moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you're doing it wrong, uh, <laughs> Steve, but we'll get to that later. Uh, I'm joined by Keith and Steve. Two guys who love movies and we're about to take and hey david town. early <laughs> Dan happy to be here all right let 's get started, Steve, you mentioned moonlight. Tell us why that was your favorite movie of two thousand and eighteen
2: i'd like to point out uh, that there's somebody named Pogchamp in the server, I think just for the record. There's oh yeah, the the, he was the
0: person I was I was testing this with last night.
2: Love pugs. Anyway, I don't. I, don't, dude, I didn't even make a top five. I think I'm just gonna throw random movies out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I why don't you go to the 2018 top five movie list and yeah, you sort by that. yourself.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, on, I'm
2: on it right now. But like,
0: all right, well, that will be your guide. Uh, I. I I actually just came up with my like top five. I mean, I I had a bunch. I had like ten movies or something that I really liked, uh, and it was really hard to narrow down to top five this year because I saw a lot of movies that I really liked. Yeah, you did. I
1: I looked at how many movies we all watched. You watched the most. You watched thirty four. I watched twenty nine. I think Steve watched like twenty. Yeah. Well, I feel like normally, I I've, I watched the have watched the most in the past.
0: Yeah, there, yeah, you caught me, yeah. Dan. There were like some movies last year uh, that like y'all probably watched that I didn't include on the list because I, I didn't bother. Uh, but um, I think most those movies like covered probably things we're likely to talk about at least. Do
1: you guys, do you guys have any ones that you missed? Well, I guess we should go through our top five and then we can talk about that.
0: Yeah. Uh do you want to uh, start, Keith?
1: Spoil anything. Uh sure. I can start. Um I literally just finished my top five list 30 seconds before you messaged us, so it's pretty <laughs> raw. <clears throat> um my top five or my fifth favorite m- movie of the year uh is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Ooh, nice. Damn. Um Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse was unreasonably good like it's insane how good this movie is it was so good it was like a problem for me uh have you ever heard like that that uh job interview technique or whatever that like you have to be you want to be so good that you you like cause them a problem that they have to hire you like you're too good for them to pass up that's, so like, how I felt. they can't ignore you exactly that's how i felt about this movie uh, I had a bunch of other movies on here, and I kept having to cut them for this, and fucking wormed its way into my top five. Uh, it's just like such an inventive, uh, and tight. It's so fucking tight for how like inventive it is, uh, and it covers so much ground with so many characters with like yeah. different dimensions. It's like I, I just, it's it's fucking unreal. Uh, the animation's cool. The music's great. Super funny. Yeah, um, I think you could argue that it's only at number five because I'm probably prejudiced against animation. Um, <laughs> and you could make like a decent argument for it to be even higher on my list, but yeah, uh, yeah, that film is stupid good.
0: I mean, yeah, it's just so much fun that, like, oh, God, uh, it was just such a, a good time at the movies, and uh, like you know, the, the sense of like, when I would watch movies as a kid and like get really excited about them, it's, it's like that kind of feeling of, uh, just like rooting for the, the, uh, protagonist, uh, like getting really excited during like the action sequences, mm-hmm. and, you know, these like nefarious villains that, you know, have these, like, slight dimensions to them that, like, make you think, but not, you know, so much that it, like, uh, you know, takes away from the, the thrust of the movie and all that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is, it made me feel like all sorts of emotions, but I was like, it was just such a good action movie, and had so many cool and interesting characters, and I don't know, they fucking. Dimension hop and it's it just holds together. I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's a fucking
2: beat. I mean, nineteen forties noir. Nick Cage, like,
1: yeah, like they're just these jokes in this movie are. I can't. I can't even believe that
0: this movie is real. <laughs> so, something tells me Nick Cage is gonna is gonna show up again in this list. Uh, I I I think my my favorite element uh is probably just that it like stays true to like, it's like miles journey. Um, and like, it makes that the core of the movie and his relationships with, uh, with his parents, with that other, uh, Jake Johnson, Spider-Man, um, and, and everything are, are just like, I don't know. So well drawn. Um, yeah, that's, that's really what like grounds the movie. And if it hadn't been for like that being really effective, then, um, you know, uh, the movie would be a lot lower uh, uh for me because um uh, yeah it it manages to like do all those all those really cool things with animation and shit but like also yeah makes you makes you feel like you said
1: yeah it's like you know it's a good point it's like <clears throat> the fact that the characters are so grounded and the relationships are so felt. That somehow the fact that they are dimension hopping and then like one of them's a talking pig. Like it doesn't matter because the yeah, the emotional core is there.
0: Yeah, and it makes me think like my favorite superhero movies, which are like <sighs> Spider-Man 2 and uh Hellboy 2, they both have like really strong like personal journeys uh and like relationships. Um they're they're very like relationship centered um mm. and so cool. yeah i think that's like the key to making like a, a great superhero movie
1: mm.
0: yeah uh oh i think like th- this isn't on my list i should say uh though it is like on my like top 10 list spider-man um, uh yes but like into the spider-verse it's not it's not on <laughs> my top five but I'm, <laughs> what the I'm totally fuck else you. is on there? <laughs> totally with you, and that amazing. is for
2: Alright. Yeah, it was good, and I hate animation, and I pretty much agree <laughs> on all points. Yeah.
1: The highest compliment Steve can give. <laughs>
2: I didn't fucking hate it. It's really true, because I wanted more of a Carol option when we went out to go and like, look for movies. <laughs> look, we're never going to get Carol again, Steve. I do. ah, uh, dude. How serendipitous. How serendipitous.
1: It's like, you can't. That only comes along once in a lifetime,
2: my dude. It's like Kyle Chandler just wants his wife back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful story.
1: It was. It was absolutely beautiful. All right, Daniel, give it to us.
0: Okay. Um my, my like top five, even like my top ten are pretty like even. There's there's not like a, a strong um
1: mm, I felt uh, similarly distinction. Just hard there, to cut.
0: Yeah, there were just a lot of really good movies. But my uh um what I'm gonna put as my number five is uh, sorry to bother you. I saw that a couple of days ago. Um it was like it was definitely very unlike any other movie i saw you know to, any other 2018 movie it, that i saw like there's not that many like i guess satire like social satire uh movies out there that like paint in these kind of broad strokes but like do it so effectively that like i don't know it sort that of me. I love like economic social satire films yeah mm-hmm. like it it taps into a lot of things that like you know Social satire should, um, you know, be tackling, but I just, I just don't see it tackling. And so, like that, that was just really fun. But also, the movie itself uh, is so zany and uh, has such great energy throughout the whole thing. Like, I, I got really swept up into it, and um, when it takes some like more bizarre turns, like you guys have both seen it, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, we yeah. all have. Yeah. Uh, when it takes like it's it's more bizarre turns um like i it it really like <laughs> hooked me, and uh I really got like sucked into into this world, and like I don't know it it left me so much to think about afterwards um and you uh think about what those horse dicks look like, <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously top of the list um, <laughs> army marmy hammer baby, yeah, oh like it and and the fact that again like i am able to to feel for the the, the main character um Cassius right that was his name Cassius uh yeah he, like despite uh him <laughs> making all these like really morally questionable decisions and stuff the fact that i was like along with his journey through the whole thing um you know really i think says a lot about the the movie um and and like i i like having like Villainous, uh, like nefarious, uh, you know, string pullers like like Army Hammer. Like you, you don't see enough of those those roles. I feel like, um, which probably goes along with like you don't see like these kind of like really broad, um, like out there social satires anymore. But but yeah, this one like and it touched on on so many uh, different elements that you know like code switching and. And racism and uh you know how that plays into all these other uh elements in society like class struggle and stuff, um it it, it does so much and like it's so surprising that it's able to do it all so well. Yeah, I just I, want I, to uh okay.
2: point out that even though it's probably one of the most like creative and original movies I've seen in ten years like, Green Book still deserve to win Best Writing. <laughs> Alright, get the fuck and, out. And, like,
1: Best and Most Understanding of Racial Dynamics. <laughs> yeah. Also. I mean, this is this is uh, no. runner-up. I... Dude, not even close. It's just Green Book for the top ten. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. It's just separate scenes from Green Book. <laughs> yeah, my whole top five is our, Green Book. Our Green Book Appreciation Podcast. <laughs> Um, no, I totally agree with you, uh, Dan. I uh I think I would agree with you a hundred percent um up until I don't know when, but there's some point in the film where I, I just was like lost. Uh and I think like the 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 ideas were like all there and pushing towards something and then I don't know that it like resolved to something <laughs> that hmm. uh that meant I don't know. I It depends on I, how I you not take that at the end. Um, it it was more of a definitely more of a personal resolution. Um I just felt like he was like, well, I've set all these things up and I mean, look, I don't mean to like besmirch that. That's like what he did was really cool and hard. Um but yeah, I think it, he like set everything up and he's like, well, I guess we'll just punch through with this concept and take it to the end. Yeah, but I don't know that it uh I don't know. I didn't I wasn't wooed by, by what happens.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, uh, it didn't really like give maybe the, the resolution that I was looking for to the, um, like union strike, uh, plot line. Uh, I mean, from my understanding that kind of like got resolved favorably, um, uh, at the end, I mean, he's going back to work there or he said he was going to, uh, so it must have like gone all right uh I don't know but I, w- I was looking for more of a resolution to that because I felt like that was like ultimately what like boots Riley was like the most like that that was the culmination of like his internal journey to like recognize the value of of uh what they were doing there and how he was like undermining that through all his actions uh so yeah i I agree I could have seen uh more resolution there i really like the like stingers at the end though <laughs> that, that was such a great way to to end the the movie what was the stairs like where he like turns around he's got like the half horse face and then like oh yeah and he like yeah, a couple minutes or like a couple seconds of the credit at, like he's like <laughs> going to army hammer's house and uh just like invading it with a bunch of other horse people all <laughs> oh, right <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah just that like endless endless class struggle right there <laughs> I think Boots Riley is a, is a Marxist I was like reading more about yeah, him after I watched the movie uh, I, I, mean, I think he's in his self about communist I think he Yes, that's,
2: that's right. communist, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. I
2: don't know. That was uh that was a fantastic movie. I'll um, tell you one thing that isn't in Green Book and that's communism. <laughs> hey guys,
1: did, did anyone actually see Green Book?
2: No. no. <laughs> I, it's gonna make I still think about talk about, but it's Ooh. like I still don't understand how it won the Grosh. Like, how did I, that happen? Yeah,
0: well, Canadian
1: understanding of racial dynamics.
2: <laughs> I
0: mean,
1: I've a for a hundreds like hundreds of years on
2: white people on the grounds of the Ketawambe, the Habawane, <laughs> and the Shoshone. <laughs> Yeah. I mean I wonder gosh. if that did
1: have something to do with why it won the whole like people were like, yo, what's up with all these whack ass fucking Indian reservation names? All will write a thesis wait, so on How that. does
0: that how, wait, how does that play in the green book?
1: Cuz it 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 offers a a a different uh perspective of
0: racial I mean, yeah. it is kind of the perspective of like, oh, we're gonna like pay lip service, or like, you know, we're going to do the right thing in honor. Like, I don't know. It's very. Bad. I would say like one is
1: like over. Like I don't know. I mean, this is my perspective, but I would say like naming that ground is like a weird overcompensation for like
0: your troubled racial history. I mean, I think it's it's more like uh, it's like performative or like no totally <laughs> yeah i
1: don't know um and I, definitely but I would say that, that 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 like drudges up some feelings that people probably uh don't like and then feel like this is an overcompensation or this is yeah. you know, something that they don't like basically <clears throat> and they prefer this more palatable version of race relations yeah
0: yeah, palatable, definitely. What if What if we all see it and I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> well, that's actually... pretty good movie. I right? know now. Like, I now I can watch it. <laughs> that's,
3: that's pretty fucking dope.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm likely to to watch it, but it's funny to think about. It. All right, let's all turn right, this Steve... podcast into a Green Book watch party. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Steve, what is your what is your number five movie of the year? Um, hmm, good question. Let's check my sheet.
3: I don't crazy. know. Don't I'm, just, gonna, I'm just I'm just going to like pull one out. Probably
2: going to go with I'll probably, I'll go with First Reforms for the number 5. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Tell us a little bit about what that meant to you watching it. I mean, really, I think that movie boils down to like that one PowerPoint sequence when they're laying on top of each other, flying through space and time. <laughs> God, I, mean, I, I was, did like, like that scene. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I like everything in this movie except for this.
1: Oh, I like that scene, dude. That didn't stand out to me as not
0: good.
2: I was like, it was just so odd. And it just didn't look good. I wish they had like an extra ten grand to throw on this on that screen because like I was like, what's it going? It looks like you got videos from Pond Five and just played them behind Amanda Seyfried and Ethan Hawke.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can see why you say that. I guess it just didn't really bother me. I just kind of went along with it. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't okay. know
2: why. To be for real, I guess it's um I've been listening to Schrader talk about like transcendental cinema and like Robert Brisson and all this stuff. And it's like that's that's what he did in this movie. It's not it's it's asking you to participate more in it than it's uh than it's trying to entertain you. Yeah. And all the performances are good. It manages to like Weaving in a lot of uh, contemporary issues, you know, climate change. Uh,
4: yeah.
2: What is the, what is the utility of religion? It even, it even brings in that mega church element. Yeah.
3: Touches a whole lot. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I mean, good. I would say
1: somewhat like, well, not really like, but uh, in the same vein of, sorry to bother you. That it was sort of unlike other films this year, I would say that First Reformed was also unlike other films this year.
4: Mm-hmm. It's an uh,
1: unconventional, uh, you know, unconventional first, uh, un- unconventional character, and dealing with social issues in an unconventional way.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It it did feel familiar to to me like in terms of uh it, it felt familiar to to Taxi Driver. Um not in a bad way. Like I think it's just both those movies kind of touch on things that are clearly of interest to to Paul Schrader. Um but yeah. you know like God's lonely man and um you know these these internal struggles um about like you know society being sick and like what is what is my job? Like how do I help clean this up and like that taking you into like uh bad destructive uh path down bad destructive pathways. Um you know those things they deal with the similar things, but I mean they are their own they're they're each their own movie, so I, I don't see that as a yeah. bad thing. But I and I also think that because I you know listened to a little bit of Paul Schrader and he was saying like people don't make movies like this anymore and that's probably a fair assessment.
2: Yeah, I also want to point out that I probably had more of a religious experience while watching Green Book, but it's neither <laughs> here nor there.
1: Fair enough. I mean, that movie did touch the face of God, <laughs> who's of course a white man, Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> um,
0: All right. I really up, like Ethan Hawke. Uh, I, I just want, yeah, I just want to say, like, I really like ethan hawk i think he's a fantastic actor and uh i hope he's in a lot more movies to come uh he he's i don't know he he seems to be really uh much more versatile than uh you know might be at first thought
2: yeah if i reincarnate i'm reincarnating as ethan hawk
1: i think (laughs) this might be the hawk dude he's like really this movie really allowed him to get out on the press circuit. And uh, I think a lot of people realized what a Jemmy a is. So
0: yeah. I yeah. He's, he's always
2: quietly been the shit though.
1: Total. I mean, I mean, I don't yeah. really know, but like, it seems like he, he probably has been. Um, I think a lot of people fell in love with old
3: Ethan.
0: Yeah. So that's yeah, cool. He's a, if He's, he's more a cool shit, guy. I wouldn't be upset. Alright, Keith, what is what is number four? Oh boy. Alright.
1: Uh my number four film of the year was uh Beale Street Could Talk. Oh nice. Yeah. Um I mean I think it's hard to I mean I've seen this movie, I saw it twice now. Um I think it's like a it's uh it's yeah, it's a very beautiful and very sad film. Um it's sort of more than any of the other films on my list at least it sort of reaches higher um and further than all of them but it's it also like kind of falls short um in equal measure um it's mm-hmm. like it's such a complex film um although you could argue it's actually quite simple um, but i think it's it's um i don't know i i i like it for its its take on sort of uh of of love and um and sort of how it's it's not it's a a more trite film would would be about like you know how love overcomes or something and I don't think it's precisely about that I think it's more like um that under pressure like and and you know pain and tragedy like how love sort of changes and cracks and morphs um, and becomes something different. Um, and, and like, it it isn't uh, able to transcend. It just like struggles and uh, has to find some other way to blossom. So, and that's okay. like a tough message to sell, um, and a tough message to relate. Um, but I think it does a pretty good job. Um, and it's very, um, I don't know. It tells like a very I I would I'm I'm sure I'm stepping out of my bounds, but I mean that 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 all is like the the story of a lot of Black America, I think. So, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, I know. I very much liked it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I liked it. It was one of my favorite movies coming out of Toronto. Um, I, and we talked about this after leaving the theater, but there was that one scene that really stood out. I think to both of us as being a weak spot and you know, that is a scene mm. where uh you know uh the the families get together and they <laughs> have that kind of like back and forth uh you know, about you know, touching on religion and like, you know, you know, having a child out of wedlock and there's kind of these like like gotcha moments or like, you know, yeah. these these moments that feel like they're made for you to stand up and cheer and be like, Hell yeah. Um and and so that that felt like it was coming from a different movie or something to um so that that was definitely a weak spot but uh apart from that i you know was enamored by by that movie it was
3: beautiful yeah it's i mean
1: it's yeah it's a film about uh you know the beauty of love but the tragedy of 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 it's, you know, how it is arrested in, in different times. Yeah. And, and that and you could say like that's a very simple concept, but I think he does a lot more with it. Yeah. And just that, that simple
2: precept. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have slept through that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that scene that Dan brings up is, was quite bad and in seeing it again it is quite bad um but man it's it's like one scene and there's so many other phenomenal sequences in it that yeah and it doesn't like ruin the movie or anything it just kind of like
0: stands out but like uh, yeah it
1: yeah it sets it off to a shaky start but i mean once you get into their love story it's like i don't know it's fucking it's irresistible it's so it's so beautiful
0: yeah, it kind of made me miss like voiceovers, um, because I mean, there's there's not that m- many movies with with voiceovers. I guess First Reformed had, had a voiceover, but uh, just it it felt it gave it such a kind of warm and and par- part of it was the voice, you know, that they 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 use the voice of the protagonist, but it gave it such a warm glow that like matched the the visuals and everything that made things feel so like. That, that gave everything like that kind of dimension of, of yearning and lovesickness and, and uh, frustration. Like that, that, that voice added a lot uh, to the movie, I think.
1: Yeah, totally. And when it goes over those like slow-mo, like, you know, full face, shallow depth shots, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like Barry's fucking manipulating my brain. I can't, and like, I can't, I can't help but feel all of that emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And Barry. This is, and it's like beautifully, it's beautifully shot. Like, there are some, some shots in that, like, you could, I don't know, that have stuck in my head for sure. Oh, and the music, the music is unbelievable. The soundtrack for Beale street is like, Oh yeah. Gotta be, I would say probably gotta be the best of the year.
0: Uh, yeah. That adds so much to, to just the, the music like, is
1: phenomenal. The, the feeling and the... score is Excellent.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, but ultimately, definitely... ultimately
1: uh, it, it feels a little bit more like a lot of good scenes stitched together. Um, that more than something that like really flowed well, um and then there's like yeah, a few scenes which were a little overwrought, so yeah, I mean only, it does only only is it four for me, but um yeah, yeah, when it's when it's great, it's fucking floats,
0: yeah, absolutely agree, uh. It, that hasn't come out in theaters yet has it like in wide release I don't think
1: Beale? yeah, no it did I saw it I saw it in in theater
0: huh I never okay well must have just uh missed it as it as it came by um, should I yeah talk about mine uh, my number four is minding the gap. Hmm. i watched that uh two hours ago <laughs> oh nice <What>? well <laughs> fresh it was, off it was a hard line. choice that or uh uh eighth grade actually which i still haven't seen Ooh. yeah both yeah okay um well i'm glad you you saw mine in the gap it's like it it's the only documentary on my list i'm not like I don't know. I always have sort of a reservation, uh, when, when watching documentaries, even though there are obviously a lot of good ones out there. Um, but there are so many like documentaries that, uh, I don't like that. Um, I don't know, seem really, uh, constructed and, and like, you know, they were made to either sell a particular idea or something or to like, uh, make all these like condense um, this like complex story down into like a, the driest possible, like least interesting, uh, you know, formulaic uh, story. So, uh, but, but there are like documentaries like this one, like minding the gap that are um, just have so much to say, um, but don't like feel the need to, but like, let it, let what, there is to say like occur organically and, uh, just kind of like gently guide the, uh, the, the, the narrative. Um, but like kind of let you draw out, like let you as the audience member, be an active participant rather than just like, you know, having stuff thrown at you. Like I was, I, I took a lot out of this movie. Um, you know, from the, kind of poverty, uh, rural America, uh, race, uh, you know, gender relations, like relationships in general, domestic abuse. Like there's, it has so much to say about all of that. Um, And, and it does it so well. Like it's, it's essentially about these uh, kids who grew up together, like as they're moving into adulthood, um, who like skate together. Um, So, a lot of the, the visuals in the movies are like them skating and talking with each other. Um, But uh, like, as it develops, it becomes a lot more about like domestic abuse and like the various directions that the kind of three main people I'd say, like have, have gone in, in their lives and how they've each like taken a different path, you know, and some made better choices than others. Uh, But yeah, this, this movie, like, uh i don't know it it had it had a, a lot to say and it was able to uh convey it in like both uh in, emotional like effectively emotional and you know effectively uh cerebral uh terms i don't know really good yeah i um i totally agree
1: um it's weird that film to me and keep in mind i've only seen it 2 hours ago but um I think you could it is it's almost paint by numbers with its its story of abuse. It's like so all of it is so I don't know, it's all so standard. Um and yeah, you could almost say it's like this paint by numbers story if it wasn't done so well. It's like it treads all these tropes that that I think are well worn at this point of like fathers and sons and you know, violence in the household that you know spans generations, and you know families, uh, dynamics, and poverty, and all, all like all of these things that are so wrapped up in one another that I think are pretty well known at this point. Um, and it would feel tired if it wasn't all the things that you just said. It's like just done so well and so gently. Um and so yeah it's so caring in it um, and all these characters like it's it's impossible to not feel or they're people I mean they're people they're not characters let uh, yeah, say it's impossible to not feel like unbelievably
0: sad for them um, yeah, yeah just, it, it didn't I don't know. Like, feel as much paint by numbers I mean I think it touches on a lot of like uh, talking points when it comes to like the domestic abuse um like you know that being uh hereditary or like something that you know is passed down uh and like you know the the effects that they can have upon like you know childhood development um and uh you know how somebody can go from you know a loving uh, relationship to like a more abusive one um but like each of those points you see like the characters struggle with it. And that's like the, the interesting thing. Like um, the, when the, the filmmaker, he like sits his friend down and he's like, tell me about that tape that you played for me. Like what happened before that? Uh, and, and then you see the friend like say like, well, you should never hit a woman. Like, you know, start out with that. But then he like is obviously like struggling to say like, I yeah, did. But then like uh, so and he then that he did, did, yeah and like to, to like that made it i don't know that that brings that situation home uh so much more than you know talking about it and saying like you know you know there there are people out there who like you know d- don't care about other people and like it it makes it so much more real and and disturbing um you know because of the way that you know someone is able to rationalize it while at the same time believing yeah. in like what we all believe like uh shouldn't hit people um
1: yeah it's crazy the uh, the moments that he was able to record of his friends like yeah is yeah it's it's absolutely amazing that he was able to capture that
0: and to see like how the the like black kid like rationalizes like his his father's um, like a, abuse of him or, you know, beating him and like how he, I mean, he's not like necessarily uh, like coming around to like, oh, I, I you know, it, that was a fine way to, to raise me. Um, But like, he's like, I can see, you know, why he was doing this out of love and to like protect me. And like, cause this is like how he knew how to like, you know, raise a child and you know you know he's obviously (laughs) conflicted and, and torn about that so that was really interesting uh but yeah i think the the thing that really hooked me was like seeing people like work through these uh inconsistencies and like uh contradictions in their life about you know right and wrong and stuff it's like fundamental shit right there i thought it was really
3: good yeah
0: You should check it out, Steve. It's on Hulu. Uh, I don't know if you have Hulu, but
2: yeah. yeah but Green Book is best
0: documented. <laughs> well, it's not really. Uh,
2: I'll
1: well, let you argue is that di- that it one. is. It's a real it's story. Debatable. So <laughs> fair enough. Peter Fairly went back in time and just filmed it as it happened. <laughs>
2: God, Peter fucking, dude, when they got, dude, the best one, watch, watch the acceptance speech for Green Boy getting, like, best original screenplay. Holy fuck, dude. <sighs> I don't think like, I Like, you can just, you can just see on one guy's face how he's like, wow, every other movie in this
0: category deserved to win over this movie. <laughs> <laughs> then Spike I mean, Lee I didn't had this thing where he, like, was talking about it, like, uh, in in the bag after the show, and he, and he, like, was... Just like rolling his eyes or something, like clearly he was like pissed off. <laughs> he he
2: basically called it that, that like Green Book was gonna get like all it was gonna be like the most bullshit movie, <laughs> the Oscars basically.
1: Oh, Spike yeah. Lee, is that what you're talking about?
2: Yeah, yeah, he a hundred percent called that. Everybody was asking him about it, like leading up to the Oscars, and he's like he's like, yeah. It's gonna get a bunch of Oscars. <laughs> Spike, Spike knows, man. Dude, I
1: I watched Do the Right Thing uh in in a theater actually, like two days before the Oscars. That movie is so fucking good. <laughs> I don't know when the last time you saw that movie was, but man, that it's movie a while. is incredible.
3: Yeah, no, I need yeah. to catch up on that.
1: they like really fucked i mean if you look at spike's film filmography they really fucked him over like i would personally put do the right thing like in the top i don't know five films for me that movie is so good yeah and he he made like hit after hit like unbelievable film after unbelievable film like you could say he made like five or six masterpieces probably in the span of a decade and then they were just like yeah we'll give it to you for black clansman that's yeah. your oscar
2: yeah which was good but it wasn't like top of his filmography yeah so dumb
1: anyways steve you want to give us your number four
2: i'll just go with sorry to bother you hell yeah hell yeah brother like, we already pretty much hashed that one out, though, so. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. I mean,
0: yeah, that's, I, I it, it does seem like it's the kind of, like, out there film that that you'd, you'd like, Steve. Uh-huh.
2: Dude, seriously, though, probably the most creative movie I've seen in, like, the last 10 years.
0: Yeah, hell yeah.
2: Like, people, like, you look at, you watch that movie, and then you question, like, how is it why like why is it that cinema can't consistently like be this creative just there's like there's just so many molds that people conform to when they make their movies
0: yeah it's like it's like Jonathan Swift. it's like uh you know that kind of satire it's, it's uh Gulliver's travels uh for you know corporate America wow,
2: actually. somebody put that on a billboard. <laughs> <laughs> I think we recorded this.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're gonna put it on a billboard
2: after we publish this, Steve. Yes, hell yeah, Yo, right. Boston Verite. Let's fire up that printing press.
1: <laughs> All right, my number three of the year is a film that I don't want to put on this list, but I also had to put this film on the list. Film that I fucking hate. It's called Hereditary didn't like it it scared the fuck out of me (laughs) i don't want to put it here but it's here because i have to because it's scary and it's evil uh but it's really high quality and really well made um and i hated it and i don't want to see it again do you think that
0: you're putting it here as a result of uh of of forces outside of your control is that (laughs) is that what you're
1: trying to say I like this movie. I saw this movie and it ruined my day. Like I had to end my day after watching it. That's that's that that's why I hate this movie,
2: dude. Ari Aster, man, fucking
0: a. I woke did, up did you next see the trailer day and I was for Still his, Upset? Did Did you see the trailer for his new like cult movie in Sweden? Okay. Oh, not only did
2: I see that, but my friend he kept hounding me to watch the strange thing about the Johnsons which is a half yeah. hour short film. And like, I watched it and this is after I had seen hereditary and I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, Oh dude, this movie pissed me off like so much. I fucking hate the short film. And so I decided to IMDB it and I see the name, I see the name Ari Aster and I'm like, Oh, holy shit. <laughs> like this motherfucker did hereditary. Huh? You can uh-huh. clearly see the connection. He does this thing like he he plays very he he rides this very like uncomfortable line in in uh, you know in the subject matter that he chose for the short and in the subject matter that he chose for hereditary. It's like very odd. Yeah, it's like it's comedic and malevolent at the same time. It's like
0: hard to pin down. So so, Keith, you like that there? You really like, and you've talked about your your uh, love of uh, particular horror movies like uh, The Witch and Get Out in the past. So, like, you clearly like have a have a kind of particular relationship with with <laughs> horror movies where you like. I don't I don't want to call it uh, uh like masoch- masochism, but uh, <laughs> how how do you see that relationship? Uh, I don't
1: know. I don't choose to interrogate it because I hate it so much. <laughs> well, I like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to, you can't deny that it's, like, a really well-made film. Uh, and it made me feel all sorts of shit I didn't want to feel. Uh, it was very well-made. I don't know what to say. Fuck thing.
2: Yeah. Hell payment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I feel fucking haunted after seeing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it it was absolutely the scariest movie i've seen since like uh, probably probably the witch for me um or or maybe um i think it was scarier than the witch yeah. perfect cast. yeah maybe um
2: perfect cast. like the witch
1: was a lot of things and you could argue whatever quality and blah blah
2: blah uh, but I was more scared of this movie at the end of the day. Yeah. Also, do the thing. Is, he rides that line of comedy and malevolence that's like even more terrifying. Like it's even more creepy because there were like laugh out loud moments. Yeah, there were in
0: in that movie. Yeah, and if I hadn't been scared shitless watching it, I probably would have <laughs> laughed. Uh, <laughs> like I was scared. I was vomiting. I
1: was I had like dread. I was just like. <sighs> Jesus, yeah. The visuals in that, where she's like garroting herself, and then her, she's beating her head against the the ceiling at a thousand miles an hour. That. that was
0: a lot. Yeah, like yeah, that desiccated is bodies. Oh, god. Yeah, I mean, there's something just so creepy about like cults and like that kind of like communal, uh, like communal, uh, like kind of conspiratorial um, inaction of like supernatural forces, you know, thinking of like Rosemary's baby and stuff like those things really scare me. And so that ending, like that, that stuck with me. Yeah. 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 it, I think it's even more important for like horror movies to nail the ending to to mm. uh, you know stick the landing because it's it if it fails to then it like undercuts you know everything else that comes before so easily. Point, yeah. Um this one really does. So <laughs> yeah, it absolutely like you know sticks the landing here because I that oh god the visual of like that the, the treehouse and you know these God, it's, yeah, it's the kind of stuff that like scared me as a kid. Like thinking about there being like evil cults and stuff You're like out there kid. that are like scares scares me right fucking now, dude. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, no, I I watched that movie through like you know through my fingers while like half plugging my ears because it fucking terrified me. <laughs> uh, here's a question for you, Dan.
1: Did you did you do what Steve said? Did you watch Mandy?
3: i did i watched it last night interesting all right yeah
0: Yeah, midsummer looks dope yeah you should check out the trailer for that keith it's like a horror movie that takes place like entirely in like bright daylight it it, but it looks so terrifying (laughs) like despite (laughs) that it's it's bizarre and and it also like surrounds like or deals with like cult cultic stuff. Hmm. I uh, I don't know. That's I like might, my favorite. I might shit, pass, like a low I love that <laughs> the Trailer. I mean, that's. So that's I'm gonna that's just fair. see it. Yeah.
2: Can you guys both watch the strange thing about the Johnson Snow? I don't. Under, do you hate it? I don't understand. Yeah. Like, it, <sighs> so my my friend like had begged me to watch it for like several months and i was like all right fine i'll watch it so i ended up watching it and i hated it and then when i found that connection to Ari Aster, i was like my mind was like little like it exploded
0: so like so it, you it like
2: let it. you see it in a new light like you like, i you did, did because it? like then i was able to see i think it even kind of reminded me of hereditary as i was watching it um and then i was like holy shit it's like but I, I still don't know if I like it. That's the thing. I can't tell if I actually like that short film or if it was just incredibly effective at embedding itself, like into like the root of your brain. Mm, that sounds like it's really good, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like you're gonna be conflicted. That's why I want you to watch it. Like how how did it do this? Well, hmm, interesting.
0: That intrigues me.
1: Uh Dan, can I ask a spoiler? Did you, is Mandy on the rest of your list? Uh it is not. <laughs> okay. So I, put, I think I would
0: have put Hereditary if it had been on my list uh above Mandy. Uh, just I
1: sort of right. So I guessed that it wasn't going to appear. That's why I asked. Uh, right. So I I think that the thing you bring up though about Hereditary is true for Mandy also. Like I found that cult uh
0: super scary. And Mandy also. Yeah, I, I think it was, like, less scary or like, st- stuck with me less um, because, like, everything is kind of, like, as you see it. And, and you know, what you see is obviously, like, uh, tinged with... Uh, uh,
1: death uh, metal.
0: <laughs> well, it, it's, like, tinged with, uh, like, in inability to, like, focus or to, like... Uh, grab onto it and and that's that's definitely cool and and interesting but like the thing about hereditary for me was like the not the the not knowing the like everything that like you you were unsure of but was like hinted at throughout the movie that like freaks me out way more that like scares me way more sure i wasn't
1: scared in the same way of mandy uh yeah but like and again because i mean they're very 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 different films right like Mandy is it's all death metal theatrics Mm -hmm. uh, which is like super awesome I actually really like Mandy Mandy was on my list it's like probably six or seven if I had to extend this out I really liked that film um but I just saw see uh, see some some overlap between those two things that's all oh yeah for sure yeah anyways on to the next hereditary fuck that movie (laughs) yeah
0: probably never going to watch it again. <laughs> I saw it twice. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got, you've got, uh, you got some, some balls on you. Sir. It's so good. <laughs> it it was good. So <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Steve, I think you're up or Dan who
0: who's next. Steve, Dan. Uh, I think I it's how... me. I think I come after you. Um, I'll, I'll just go, I guess. I, my number Three is Roma. Um, it was my favorite movie coming out of Toronto. Yawn. And, uh, uh, well, all right, we'll have we'll have some stuff to say, but uh, <laughs> the 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 movie itself, like I, I love Alfonso Caron, Um and he he's always you know managed to surprise me with uh, what he what he uh tackles and um you know what he's able to do uh in terms of you know it being he he's very versatile uh guy um but I think something that's uh, remained a constant throughout uh his his filmic history um is being uh particularly uh, interested in uh these like <sighs> like the the extremes of like human um endurance and stuff and and that's not necessarily uh like something that might stand out to roma but like it i think it it also is like <sighs> it something that that connects us to his to his other movies uh you know the things that um the the protagonist um suffers uh throughout this are are uh really <laughs> difficult things to to deal with um and the fact that you know she has a so little agency um you know endlessly compounds uh, her situation and so it, 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 but her way of dealing with it is is just you know so different the way she's able to Uh, compartmentalize and uh, continue to like give love and, and uh, uh, be devoted to the, the, the people around her. Um, You know, it, it speaks to like this, this, you know, strength of character and this like ability to endure um, that is like, so um, laudable and, and, and so like inspiring um, and, really, like, got me, like, uh, like, I was, I really just, I spent, like, the whole movie just, like, wanting her to be happy and it. Not because, like, I don't think she was, like, happy in a lot of ways with her life. I think she was, but, like, you just, I don't, I don't know. I was, I was really inspired by, like, you know, everything that she was able to do for this family, uh, for the people in her life. Um, you know, well at the same time, like enduring some some hardships that like I think were like really (laughs) really difficult for like (laughs) anyone to to come up against. Um so you know, this it it was inspiring and I can see like, you know, you know, this is inspiring like it, it it can be like a really trite or like overplayed um uh uh tack to like um have someone who like comes from like, you know, more privileged circumstances, like make this movie about the heroism of like the, the the lower classes and like that kind of thing. But this wasn't, it it wasn't that kind of movie. Like I, you know, I guess I, she did feel like heroic in a lot of ways, but it, it wasn't the kind of movie that like put her on a pedestal or, or anything like that like it was a movie about her her concerns uh in her life um how uh this like her like class station and and everything like molded the way that she like dealt with these these difficulties um you know she obviously made mistakes and stuff too uh you know throughout like the way that she dealt with people especially like her boyfriend and stuff but uh yeah you know, she, I don't know. I, I hate seeing things like, you know, this person like felt like a hero or like an inspiration to me, especially like, you know, with those connotations of, of like, you know, me looking down on someone and like, you know, praising them. But you know, that's, that's what I took away from it. And I was, I was like, she's like a really special person and I can see why Alfonso Cuaron would want to make a movie out of her. And I think he avoided most of those like pitfalls and stuff in making this movie.
1: Yeah, I would agree uh with most of what you're saying. I the only p I mean, I agree with ninety nine percent of what you're saying. The only thing I would say is that the I, I do feel like she was practically sainted in the film. Um but I think that's a good thing. Um I don't think I don't think it does delve that deeply into like her personal shortcomings. She doesn't feel to me like a fully realized uh and like with human faults, person, um, but I actually think that that's a good thing, um, and I, I like that because it is his, uh, you know, warm and glowing memory of this person who is fundamental to his childhood. And so, when she does <laughs> appear in this, again, like saintly, perfect manner, uh, I think it is only because of his like love for her and his memory of her um, and how she did all of these almost superhuman things. Not not superhuman's the wrong word, but in some, in some ways it's actually the right word. Um, so I actually really
0: like that about the film. Yeah. I don't think it's appropriate. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that like it painted her as like, oh, she's like has her faults, but like at the end of the day, she's a good person. Like it does like, it, like she does feel like heroic and and inspiring and like sort of, perfect i i I, I do see that um but it's more like it doesn't like make her inhumanly perfect like i i can remember people in my life who i like would say like oh like yeah they they seem to be like to be able to take like any situation and um you know Mm -hmm. make the best out of it and like you know remain like loving and caring through the whole thing like i think those people do exist and it's not like a a false, a falsehood, or like a, mm-hmm. yeah, a lie to to paint her in this way. Yeah. But she is like she does remain human and stuff. Uh She's not just like a,
1: right. She's I not know, yeah. a statue. Or I see what whatever. you mean. She's yeah, she's not beyond human. She's not super. Yeah. Um. Spoilers for my number two because that's Roma. Um. So I guess <laughs> since we're talking about it, I can go on that also yeah i mean everything you said a thousand percent agree i just i mean it's like it's it's sort of ethereal um and i i think like some of the artistry of it is his ability to create this film that feels like a memory um and then like like strip it straight from his cortex and then like gift it to you it's like i don't it's unbelievable uh Mm -hmm. filmmaking um and yeah i mean it's just like it's ethereal the whole film is like sweet and beautiful and it feels like immediate uh but it also feels like a memory mm-hmm. um and and that is some that is sort of its magic i would say like it's it, it is suspended in in between the two um which is what sort of lends it this ex- extraordinary feeling and it just feels, yeah, the whole film is just like magic, and it's pure filmmaking skill that does it. So,
0: yeah, yeah. number two for me. I, I've mentioned this before, um, but the it it reminded me so much of the Atlantic story, My Family Slave, which is about this this guy who grew up uh, with his. His family moved from the Philippines to the U.S. and they brought with like you know, kind of like indentured servant or you know something to to the U.S. and she she was pretty much a slave. But her relationship to like the the kids growing up and to the family like reminded me a lot of uh, of Roma, and it, it was a really good read. So I I'm just gonna plug that right now.
1: I'm sure our audience of zero listeners will. <laughs> I love that. You, yeah. Your
0: recommendation. Oh, God. They're they're crashing the Atlantic. They're crashing the site. It's, a, it's too much <laughs> Turn traffic. Turn the internet off. And can't <laughs> take it. I'm sorry. All
1: right. Excellent. <laughs> Steven, any thoughts? Otherwise, you want to give us your
3: number three?
2: Nah, Roma was good. It was pretty
0: good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> oh, I I also do just want to say like I, f- I found I found the like relationship really interesting that like how you know having someone who's like a servant or you know really more than a servant, like it it's sort of like a <laughs> slavery <laughs> in in a little not like you know chattel slavery, but like um it's, it's like, this person, their, like, livelihood is tied entirely to the family. And yet to, like, have that kind of love and affection for the family, that, like, devotion, it, it feels really weird because, like, you know, it's, it's such a, like, modern, like, way of thinking. Like, you should always be, like, asserting yourself and not, like, letting others trample on your rights and, like, you know, these people are the oppressor like you don't owe them anything that kind of like, I don't know, like that way of thinking makes her like devotion to stuff seem like, like pathological or or something. Um, Or I think that's, that's the way a lot of people would would read it like a form of like Stockholm syndrome or like uh, you know, her, her agency has been completely stripped away by like the the oppressor class or or something like that um but i think it's like important to acknowledge like the, the way that you know people can become uh enmeshed in these like power structures and stuff um and and still be be able to like reserve their their humanity and um and stuff it's it's not like as simple as you know there's the, the the agent, the person with the agency, and then the person who is, like, the, the, the victim. Uh, it, I think this, for anyone who's, like, interested in the way that, like, class relations and, and power dynamics and, like, oppression and colonialism and stuff like that works throughout history or throughout, like, different cultures in the world today, like, looking at this movie, I think they would find a lot that, speaks to to that it's it's very wide ranging in that sense um yeah that's i just wanted to say that i would say that that speaks to like
1: i don't know the indomitability of human happiness and or you know human ability to you know trans transcend their their position in life or something like that
0: yeah we're we're malleable adaptive creatures and what might like look one way to someone to an outsider may like feel very different to the people involved i don't know it's it's a very i'm sure
1: i'm sure like i agree like i'm sure she was probably able to find quite a lot of happiness in her station but i don't know that i don't i mean i guess i don't know ultimately but yeah I definitely would hesitate to say that that was like some sort of optimal state for her.
0: No, no, no. I'm not like, I'm not like trying to defend this. I'm just saying that like, for people who maybe don't understand, like why are these systems like so intractable or like, why is it so hard to like make systemic political change and stuff like that? Like this would, would speak to Mm -hmm. that and how like, You know uh people become like enmeshed in like yeah uh things that like oppress them and that it's it's not always easy for them to see it that Mm -hmm. way or for them to i don't know it it's it's a complicated thing but i like that about it so Yeah. yeah
3: yeah absolutely all right steve all right so i'm doing number three yeah Uh, Let's see, which one should be number three? Probably Annihilation, I guess. Fuck, I didn't see it. Bruh.
2: uh, Annihilation's so good. That was a good movie. I think uh, I, it's probably on there for being good, ambiguous sci fi. I forget the name of the director. The guy that did Ex Machina. I can't remember his name. It is Alex Garland. Alex Garland, that's right. Not much is coming to mind, but it's like, it's a good, um, it's an interesting. Uh, I love the way that everything bleeds into every other thing inside that, uh, that sort of like alien encasing in, in called the, like the shimmer. Mm-hmm. Like everything just starts becoming everything else. It's like, you'll just see like a corpse turn into like the most beautiful tree or something like that, or that, that one lady that got murdered by this bear that just like got fused into like the, the bedrock of its soul or something. It's very, it's, it's very esoteric.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I don't know what else to say. It
0: was just really good. Really ambiguous. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty different from ex machina though. It's like also deals with like the, uh, uh the kind of science slash maybe science fiction of um uh, uh like the, what the future holds uh for us in in terms of like human consciousness and and all that yeah right but it's like I- instead of being i don't know like uh instead of being like the kind of conversation driven thing that you know ex, ex machina was uh it's it's like a a visual odyssey through uh the wonderland or or um you know f- fantasy world um that that is also grounded in in science and stuff uh so yeah it, it, he's always got something interesting to to say
2: Yeah, yeah, I think the one major running thread, like you mentioned, is consciousness, and I think it's just like this preoccupation with the consciousness and creation, because the ending to Annihilation, which I don't want to spoil, is like, damn.
3: Keith, you should watch that tonight.
1: Um, Another night, I'll definitely give it a watch. Do
3: it.
2: Alright, that's all I got. I don't
0: have. I don't have more of a monologue. What what, what, what like, would you say the ending is? What stood out to you the, the most in that movie? I don't know that it stood out the most because there were
2: plenty of things in that movie that stood out.
0: Yeah, what? what at what point did you get hooked? Because I was thinking like thinking back on watching it like it took me a while actually to get hooked uh into the the movie i felt like the beginning was kind of like (sighs) it it was a little maybe overdrawn um i mean it's a
2: it's a slow start but i think it's kind of
0: yeah the the second half is what i remember from that movie and it and it
2: yeah i don't mind the pace of the first half i think it's kind of a you have to sort of get into that like, you know, I'm going down the river, heart of darkness sort of yeah. pacing before you get to the uh before you get to that's the fair. real shit.
3: Cool, cool. Keith, uh, I think that... My number two
1: was Roma. You're up, Dan.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah refer to my list. Oh yeah, my number 2 is 8th grade. Um <laughs> I think I'm the only one who's seen it looking at our spreadsheet. Yeah, I haven't seen that. All right, so I, I won't dwell overly long on this one, but I I will give my little pitch for it. Um it, it's like essentially a movie about um a girl who's, you know, lives in I'd say like middle-class America modern day uh, who's entering into eighth grade and she like has a YouTube channel where she she gives like self-help advice kind of like how to she'll have like episodes on like being your like authentic self and like putting yourself out there like things like that but like at school she is like completely unable to put any of those into practice she's just like kind of asocial and uh you know she she's she has that like observational like she's able to to see things and like understand how they work she's just not able to like do it herself which i think is a you know that's a familiar and uh you know, difficult thing for uh uh that anyone has had to deal with growing up uh and the the movie itself is so sensitive to all these issues that that you know you have as you're a a child and you're like you see you see where you want to be you want to be hanging out with like this group of people you want to be like having a good time with them and you can kind of like awkwardly like mimic that behavior but like it's obviously like you're you're really not not fooling anyone it's like it's not coming naturally to you and that like and And you like you realize like uh the, am I gonna be like that that fear that like I'm gonna be like uh an outsider someone who like never fits in for the rest of my life can be so debilitating and can be so uh like takes over your entire mind and like thought process and um so the the movie itself I think is about that fear and that like how you deal with being able to push through that and stuff. And it's, it's so sensitive to all these like things that you have to deal with um, as, as a, a kid um, that you don't think about as much as an adult because like, Oh yeah, I've, I've sort of like figured out how to like put myself out there on social media. And uh, I've figured out how to um, you know, like, Enter into a party where I don't know anyone, but like those things are such like huge, uh, like terrifying hurdles uh, when you encounter them as a kid, and so it it, uh, it it's it's able to um, draw out those those elements of childhood in in such a, in, in such a um, compelling and and emotional like it it got me it it really like. <laughs> i felt so bad for her and so like happy for her like triumphs and stuff like it uh, it, i love the movie and there's this one scene um uh this doesn't really spoil anything there's this one scene that she has with her dad because i think her relationship with her dad uh is is like the the crux and the heart of the movie and there's this conversation that she has with him towards the end of the movie that is just the most like beautiful like Heartrending thing that i've i've ever seen and it like i don't know it it's a, that kind of thing that makes you want to like go and like hug your like mom or like uh that that special relationship between a parent and child like it it, it reminds you of like if you didn't have that as a as a kid growing up like what exactly you would have missed out on uh and like how fundamental that can be to who you grew up to be and, and and all that, yeah, so fantastic movie, well worth watching, definitely recommend you guys check it out,
1: oh, yeah, related to that, um mine in the gap really made me so thankful for my childhood,
0: yeah, Jesus yeah uh that that's kind of like in a different way of like, oh, here's like an example of like how things could have gone if like you know my parents were like. The supporter and like good, like fundamentally like good people. <laughs> uh yeah. that they were.
3: Yeah.
1: Alright. Uh yeah, no, I that was a, a big miss for me this year. Just never got around to it. Yeah. Uh <laughs> chose mining the gap over over it, so sorry folks. Uh all right. Steve, you're number two.
2: Um, difficult because now I'm between the favorite and Mandy.
0: Oh fuck the favorite! Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah. Oh <yeah>. fuck!
2: <laughs> we all I know we all forgot about that. Oh, well, maybe so not all
0: of us, but we'll we'll get to that.
2: Dan, you saw it right, yeah.
0: Yeah, let's just say that if you want to talk about both movies, then you should pick Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> what is
4: this oh, spoiler?
0: Man. Oh, what to do?
2: What to do? Maybe I'll just leave it up to a girl's people. I'll, I'll let you guys vote on what my number two film is, Steve. It doesn't.
0: It doesn't work like that.
2: You I think gotta it should be Mandy. It's true. It's true. Um, it's difficult. This is real difficult. I'm just gonna go with the favorite for number two. We all know why. You all know what time it is.
1: <laughs> all right, fair enough. Because it fundamentally changed my sexuality to Rachel Weiss in Hot Pirate.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that, that was a dashing
0: combination. It. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that that's the kind of thing that can awaken stuff in you, for sure.
2: Y'all know, it's a Yorgos movie. Y'all
0: know. It was kind of different from his like
2: his previous things.
0: For one, I think he he wasn't the writer on this, which he has been for like Dogtooth and uh the, the Lobster. Uh so I, I think he was co-writer, no?
1: No, I'm
0: pretty sure he didn't write it. I oh, not not that I know of, but maybe you have more information than me uh I mean it does deal with the kind of like uh, maybe like macabre or like um uh like twisted kind of relationships that that people form but it's not like as like satirical or like as idiosyncratic I think as 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 his other movies which isn't a, a bad thing like this is my number one movie uh so yeah. Um Yeah, this one's like on the wavelength of normalcy, way closer than any of the other films. Yeah. Yeah. But uh I mean what it's it's still like uh that like blew me away. Uh just like in, in different ways it was like this this power struggle, I mean, it was so fun to watch but like at the, at the same time it was uh you know <laughs> disturbing and like you know the the kind of thing that makes you like recoil um and oh I recoiled from nothing Daniel <laughs> not even like the, the like sensual rubbing of every, like ointments onto on uh, the goutrin leg alright well fair enough to each his own uh I wish those were my. I think parents. one of my
2: favorite scenes was when that dude was just chasing her in the forests.
0: That was a great scene. Yeah, it's like, come on, this is amazing. That like perverse like relationship that they have. I mean, it it does like yeah, it, it taps into the perverse and and in that way, like it is a Yorgos movie. But um, I, I actually like. Was sort of cool on on um, dog tooth and I and the lobster was just like I I missed something on that because I did not find it particularly compelling. But this this movie I think be, just because we all missed the killing of a sacred deer, didn't we?
2: I didn't. See I, it. didn't see it.
0: I didn't see it. I see it.
1: I mean the the lobster was also social satire. Mm-hmm.
0: Um But I think what like. I know this one digging so like, it for you Dan. God. <laughs> what what made this one so much more interesting for me was I think the the like performances. They just felt so much more human. And I know like uh, like Dogtooth and the Lobster they're like you know, they're uh exaggerated um but like I also felt like Yoros doesn't particularly like understand like human relationships and stuff. And th- those movies are like his attempts to understand it. Whereas like this felt like the, the relationships the the people were like organic and like, uh, you know, acted out of like the kind of interests that people like actually act out of. But that's just my take.
2: I mean, no, I think he gets human dynamics. I think he just likes taking a certain angle on it. I don't know. I, like, I, I don't. I don't think. He I feel like doubt the favorite. I think it's because he's good at understanding human dynamics that he was able to make
0: like dog tooth and stuff like that. I don't know. I I just didn't get from his previous movies what I got from this one. Uh, but sure. Uh, I mean, this actress. is like the most play it straight Yorgos movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it like the the human dynamics like at work in this are so like it's the kind of thing you just can't look away from yeah i I had a lot of like fun watching this movie like it's it's very funny it's very like it it taps into like all the like base like human desires and like the things that like people are willing to do that like draw you into like a, a pulpy novel or something but it doesn't like it's, it's one of those things that's like able to rise above those instincts or those like trappings um, and become something that, uh, you know, has a lot to say about uh, the the relationships we form. It provides a lot of sympathy for like each of the character, uh, each of the characters um, like in, in different ways, like you, how isolating would that be to like be a, a queen who like everybody will, like uh you know treat you uh like in a kind of like impersonal like inhuman way like how desperately like alone must you feel and like i, I don't know like I, I i felt for each person there like a lot uh even though i did like kind of revel in some of their like downfalls and uh i don't know Yeah, that's all I got. It was good. Those rabbits, that, that scene at the end, like, <laughs> God. <laughs> that, that was like something out of, uh, out of Mandy right there. The kind of like crossfade <laughs> employed.
1: Yeah, there were some like definite moments of disgust in that film of just like excess and mm-hmm. yeah, the 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 I don't know.
3: The the
1: social structure and all of that is Yeah, there's some definite disgusting moments in that film. Um, I liked that scene where Nicholas Holt and all
0: his other guys were like pelting <laughs> that fat guy. <laughs> With like rotten fruit and he's just like laughing ridiculous. and enjoying it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a really well-made film. I, I feel bad that it's not on my top five. Fuck. But...
0: Uh, well,
1: yeah, man, you dumb fucked up. No, but that's <laughs> like, I don't know what I would ever swap out for it. Like, I you know, got it a difficult. To support the girls, dude. I loved support the girls. Wait, did you say support the girls? I did. I need to watch the dude. That's yeah, I was I was my that levels. film was
2: also uh, top 10 for me. right after I watched Five Feet Apart,
0: guys. Okay. <laughs> That movie's been really heavily advertised to me on social media for some reason. I don't know why, but. <laughs> Anyways,
1: back to Support the Girls. That movie is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. Um, yeah, fuck. It was a tough year. Sorry, the yeah. favorite. That movie was really good, though.
0: Yeah, I was just, like, really enthralled by the, the whole thing, in like. <laughs> ways that made me feel a little bit guilty but at the at the same time like yeah i think i I, it had a lot of like great stuff to say about uh like social dynamics and power and you know feminism great dialogue also absolutely
3: yeah plus that
0: handy (laughs) yeah (laughs) Who could H- hottest that? sex scene of uh, 2018 <laughs> by a mile the most procedural
2: handy perhaps, <laughs> committed to cinema
1: <laughs> what did you guys think about like the fish eye lenses and like the weird
0: uh, text and all that the I liked tex- all of it the text uh, that like I, I probably would have <laughs> gone a different direction with the text I like the fish eye lens though The text was just hard to read like which bothered me a little bit but yeah i think i
1: understood the impetus behind the fisheye lens i'm not sure i totally track the
3: the text yeah all right was that your number
0: one dan yeah hell yeah god damn Like I say, it was like, you know, any of these movies on my top five probably could have been a a number one, but I had to pick one, so I just went with them. Favorite was your favorite? How uh, coincidental.
1: All right, well, since Dan swooped my number one uh, announcement, at least, I was supposed to go first, Daniel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it triggered it, so. Ruining! It's this Countdown, basically. <laughs> uh, my number one ye- of the year, y'all know about it. Could have seen this coming, I think. Mission Impossible Fallout. Get <laughs> the fuck really? out of here. Are you kidding? Yeah, dude. Unquestionably the most fun that I had in theaters this year. It's like not even, club, not even close. Not even close. Name a film that you had more fun watching
2: this year. I can't. I can't believe your number one movie is like maybe the only movie that I've ever walked out of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is I, fascinating. I don't know what to tell
1: you, Steve. I saw this movie five times. I saw it in France on vacation. Oh <laughs> my god. That's how good this movie was. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't I think I think you need to I think I think I, I I put this confidently at number one. I mean, if you if you want to talk about like artistry and craftsmanship, I think you could put this up there. It's just like by a different metric. Like the metric weight of the fun that I had watching this movie. It's like if you compare that against the the weight of all these other films. I don't know. It's hard for hard for me to say that this wasn't my favorite film of the year.
2: Oh, I I think it relies. Oh so heavily on like your your level of uh, of like buy-in into the movie. It's like if you're able to suspend disbelief, there's like a lot to like in that movie, but like, God, I hated the dialogue. I hated the plot. Yeah, I
1: mean, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm it, listen, it's tough for yeah. me also. Like, I've seen this movie five times and I'm still not sure if Henry Cavill is good or bad in this movie. <laughs> like... <laughs>
2: yes like that's one of the things i'm talking about for sure but like
1: it i don't know every time i see it like it makes me laugh and like wanna like yell and it makes me like breathless and tense it does it every time
2: like so, his like, best move in that movie is using his like fist like cannons like that one like yeah like that real like he, he 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 reloaded his biceps and i've never seen anyone do that, in that movie. <laughs> But
1: I don't know. Like I mean, I just like that shit. I just felt ecstatic like watching it and waiting for it, knowing that it was coming. Like every bit of it was fun to me. So I just had so much fun watching it. God, I was in a bad mood,
3: but I just
2: the action
1: is incredible. Like Tom Cruise is so watchable.
2: I think I was so divorced from caring about the action because I couldn't stand the dialogue or like the plot or the characters at all. And the fucked up thing is like, I liked rogue nation. So it's like, it's really, it's odd.
1: There's just so many, man, that scene in the bathroom is like
2: phenomenal.
1: I think I've just seen like the
2: nuclear, like the nuclear suitcase. Device just like used too much in movies. It's like, oh, they're going to use a suitcase nuke in XYZ.
1: Yeah, but they are trying to blow up a third of the world's water source. That's pretty cool. They're not just like in downtown, you know, LA
0: or something. I don't know. I mean,. I didn't even think to put this movie on my list, even though I, I yeah, liked it. that's
1: Well, I, and I like your I, question I about champion
0: action films. You, like your question about, films about that what traditionally... movie or like, what other movie did you have as much fun at? <laughs> like that, that, that gives me pause. Like maybe, I don't know. Like <laughs> I had a ton of fun in this movie. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know, like how you make the comparison between like, true like beautiful art being made like an aroma um that does it absolutely requires like this deft touch and you know this very thoughtful reflection and you know the manipulation of your emotions and etc 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 but like doesn't this also i don't know The same, no, like there. if I'm putting hereditary on there for manipulating my emotions and its artistry, I'm not sure that I can disqualify this for for any other reason. So Yeah. I, I just had a great category. time. I had a great fucking time every time. I want to see it right shit. now. I wish I was watching it right now.
0: <laughs> uh good idea as any. <laughs> Well, this has been uh, our top five movies of 2018. Wait, Steve uh, didn't go number one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, is it me? Whose turn is it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. unless... Do you have anything more you want to say about it, uh, Keith? No.
2: Just uh, we should
1: all not be afraid to Steve, Steve needs to get
0: on the same page.
1: <laughs> no, we should just all not be afraid to embrace, you know... Not dramas, basically, you know, yeah. comedies, action. That's films, fair. Horror films. So that's... no, I agree
2: for sure on that. Yeah.
1: Sci-fi. God, it, wouldn't it be amazing if,
2: yeah. like, the first if they just for that year they they finally opened up the stunt category and like Tom Cruise was the first person to win it? I mean, he should because <laughs> like he would have deserved it. It's like this motherfucker did oh, a yeah. Halo jump.
1: I mean, that should be a, a an award like. It's unbelievable, the stuff that those those people do. They, they're they like the bread and butter of, you know, cinema for decades until CGI came along.
2: Dude, they seriously need to <laughs> open up that category. Anyways, no, that's all I got. Go for it, cool. Steve. We're in, all right, dude, that leaves, by process of elimination, an extremely poor planning... And not watching that many movies. That leaves Mandy at number one. You know what time. I'm it's. not even
1: surprised that this is your number one. <laughs> yeah. it actually makes perfect sense.
2: There's like, I think I think there's a very there's like an archetypal like Steve movie. And this this slots into that. Like it deals with the like insane, otherworldly phantasmic hyper visualization the occult Nicolas cage
1: yeah. super cool moody visuals like God, yeah those, i mean, those visuals
0: like the the like gigantic like blood red or like yellow moon in the sky like it's like gave it such a
2: great atmosphere Dude, like the world building is insane cuz like it's all done through like mood and tone, but like you understand what this world is. Yep. Like for yeah. whatever reason, it's like it makes total sense that like they're like with like LSD bikers, but they're also demons at the same time. It's <laughs> like
1: It's like yeah, that tracks. That makes perfect sense.
2: Yeah, it's like I get it. And then like dude, they get to the guy that's making all the LSD and like it's like oh fuck. He's like, oh man, they wronged you. <laughs> Nick Cage, like, doesn't even, his face, all he does is, like, stare at him with his bloody face. And he's like, give me all your LSD.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, like, kind of a perfect film. <laughs>
2: it is. It's, like, yeah, I agree.
1: It's, uh, yeah, it's hard to not put it higher on my list as well. Like, this was a very difficult year. Uh, it was literally the last film that I cut. Or no, is support the girls against technically, but uh, it it's the second to last film that I cut from my top five. Like Mandy's, yeah, it's a it's a total original, right? There's like nothing else quite like it.
2: Yeah. Not really. No. I mean it borrows from like heavy metal with some of the animated sequences, but it's sure. like mm-hmm.
1: But like put to film in in this way, yeah, there's nothing. This is what all those like Death metal album covers and music videos wanted to be uh, yeah, and didn't the King Crimson and opening, didn't like, come close. Come but like this is this is that nightmare vision that that they're trying to communicate, and and this dude just like slapped it up on the screen. It's like an incredible accomplishment,
2: dude. It's just Nick Cage fighting crazy, Eli. yeah. And
1: then it's like this other thing also where it's also like an insane Nick Cage film. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the first hour of it is like this hell vision and then the last half of it is Nick Cage taking the hell vision and being like, I'm, I am Nick Cage and my thing is bigger than your thing and I'm just gonna turn your your thing into my thing <laughs> and
3: now I'm gonna just fuck it all up. It's the whole film's
2: bonkers. Yeah, like the whole like Nick Cage becomes a demigod and avenges, like, the dead. It's like, dude.
0: Oh, I yeah, love how that guy
2: it. just buckles at the end when, like, Nick Cage finally reaches the final boss
0: in the church. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, that was very satisfying to else see else. him groveling and...
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, A lot like Hereditary, this film made me feel filthy <laughs> after watching yeah. it. Um, and it like also ruined my night <laughs> like I remember falling asleep and like feeling like I was vibrating to like this I don't know it was just like that this film had affected me and like my base bodily functions it, like, yeah. it was crazy that film like it, it moved me off of my like normal state of being I just like, didn't feel like a, a, a normal person after
0: seeing that film. Yeah, it's like uh, some kind of psychosis like my, or something that you understand. Yeah, yeah, like my mind is like straight
1: fever dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. A phantasmagoria. I think the thing is like, I just don't like that. <laughs> so that's why it's lower on my list. But I guess if that was more my, my thing, it'd probably be way higher.
4: Yeah.
1: The high that I'm after is Tom Cruise running across bridges. That's what <laughs> I like. It's like geez, how many miles
2: did here? you run for this movie, Tom?
3: Yeah, I think we all found our found our films. It was a good it was a good year. It was a good year for film, I think.
2: It was. Yeah. I mean it was the year of Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> it set right. the bar.
3: Steve, any anything to add? No. All right. I think
1: we I think we done did it then. Clocking, Special thanks to Craig and cut. <laughs>
3: <God.
1: laughs> Just under two hours.
0: Not bad. Yeah. The top five of the year. Uh, People have been waiting, and they will not have to wait much longer. Probably just another (laughs) seven years or something until I finally (laughs) put these (laughs) up.